It's time for Speaking of Speaking. Quick tips and tools to take you from stage fright to spotlight. This podcast gives you an inside look from the world of public speaking and speaking secrets you need to be bold from the stage, no matter what business you're in. The host of Speaking of Speaking, Carl Richards. Thank you, Matt. Yes, it's another edition of Speaking of Speaking. It's the podcast that gives you information about presentation tips, whether it's how to overcome speaking anxiety or whether it's how to put together your presentation and be successful and be seen as the expert, whatever it is we covered here on Speaking of Speaking. Today, I want to talk about seven killer speaking mistakes that might be keeping you stuck and might be speaking to your credibility. And some of these I've talked about before on Facebook Lives, and I've seen these come up many, many times, but I wanted to take a moment to talk about these seven things today, because a number of these things, if you address any of these things, it will have a positive effect moving forward as to how you're going to look and how you're going to sound. And these are very, very easy, easy things to fix. Number one is using a lot of repeat words and filler words. The big ones are um, so, yeah, like, and you know. And these don't necessarily have to come up just one at a time. You could actually... I've seen people use them all in a row. I've seen people start their presentation by simply thanking the audience and by simply thanking the audience and then saying, um, so yeah, like, you know, this is what I want to talk about today. It speaks to your credibility. And I, and I know the reason why a lot of us do it. A lot of us do this because we're afraid to throw in a pause, right? We're afraid to take a breath and take a moment because we think that that pause, that that stopping our presentation is going to disrupt the audience. It's not. We also think a pause is going to derail our talk. Also, it's not. If you use pauses effectively, then the chances of your presentation being derailed because of it, pretty slim to nil. It's when you take a pause and you lose your spot that that becomes an issue. How you get around that is completely different. That's a matter of preparation and practice. And that's also why a lot of people stammer and stutter. And I've seen people stammer and stutter through their entire presentation. As a matter of fact, one of my former employers, general manager of a radio station I was at years ago, he had such a chronic problem with filler words. And one of his favorite words was um and ah. Those were his his two big ones. You could not sit through a 15-minute staff meeting without him usually every second or third word throwing in one of those words and it got to the point where once you're aware of it and you you're you're used to hearing it all of a sudden you have this heightened sensitivity to it so as a person who was at the time involved in toastmasters i had this heightened awareness to it and it was almost like hearing nails on a blackboard That's what those ums and ahs can sound like when you're that sensitive to it. So as I said, a carefully placed pause can help you eliminate those crutch words. And we all have them, by the way. And the further along you get in your speaking in in your speaking journey, the more creative you get with those words and fillers. I have a creative filler. It's actually and sometimes actually I'll say actually a lot (laughs) like I just did there. But but it's amazing how we change as we as we move along in our speaking journey. So the simple ones, the ums, the errs, the so's and the likes, they fall by the wayside. Then we get creative with other ones. Number two, killer speaking mistake. Speaking too quickly. I was extremely guilty of this 
my first few years of overcoming stuttering, actually even beyond that. I remember being, oh my goodness, I remember my first audition tape when I, and yes, it was a tape, when I was in broadcast school. And I spoke, it had to be 90 words a minute. It was just unbelievable how fast I spoke. And it was way, 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 way too fast. So how do you do that? Well, again, the other thing is preparation. And remember, the only person in control of your speaking is you. The only person in control of your speaking is you. So if you take the time and you practice, and by the way, a simple way to practice speaking and to work on your pacing, especially if you know it's a problem, is to read out loud every single day. Even for just 10 minutes a day, we'll have you changing up the rate at which you speak. It won't happen overnight, but it will happen the more you practice, all right? So that's the big thing, though. That's how you deal with speaking too quickly. That's also how you deal with speaking too slowly. Oh, and by the way, a good way to check that is not just the reading out loud part, but also to record yourself reading out loud. Then you know exactly how fast or how slow you are speaking. Now, the other reason why sometimes people will speak too quickly is because they don't like hearing themselves or they're not used to hearing the way they sound when they're speaking out loud, especially into a microphone. I've seen that with a lot of speakers where you give them a microphone if they're new speakers, they really wrestle with it. That again is practice, getting used to hearing yourself. And if you record yourself and listen to your rate of speech, you slowly get used to hearing yourself. As a broadcaster for almost 25 years, it's something that has taken many years to get used to, but you do get used to it. And the way we hear ourselves, by the way, the way we hear our voice normally is it's bouncing off different things in the room. It's bouncing off the carpet. It's bouncing off the furniture. It's bouncing off the walls, everything. So get used to recording yourself. Get used to how you sound. Get used to your pacing and your tone, by the way. Then that's when things will start to change. And it comes with, as I said, reading out loud every single day. Number three, killer speaking mistake. Speaking too quietly. When you speak too quietly and no one can hear. Now, that was done for effect, obviously, because I was whispering. But sometimes what happens is when we are really nervous, we speak quietly. If naturally you're a quiet speaker, that's okay. But you have to learn how to stand in your power, how to stand in authority and speak. And a good way to do that, by the way, is to hire a speaking coach or a vocal coach. Somebody that works with executives and business owners like myself who can stand there and help people and coach them and guide them on how to increase their volume. And again, that comes from something as simple as reading out loud and also having your coach or your mentor there when you're giving a presentation so they can assess whether or not you are clearly being heard enough by your audience. And by the way, if projection is a problem, for some people, it's a, it's a, it's a physical condition. They can't project properly. They can't take in enough air. They can't take in enough air, rather. That's when you might want to consider a microphone, some type of a small sound system, so then you can be heard. And by the way, that's always a good thing to have on hand anyways, or have someone in your back pocket who can have a sound system available for you should you need it, should you have a full audience, especially if you know you're a quiet talker. But a big thing will be to use volume, deep breaths, and projecting 
your voice, just like you would in the playground or just like when you're yelling at your kids to, you know, when you're calling them down for dinner from the bottom of the stairs and you know they have to be heard not up just up the stairwell, but also through their closed bedroom door, you're going to use a loud voice, right? Same thing you need to do when you are projecting and when you are practicing to speak a little more loudly and less quietly. And by the way, it will seem awkward at first. All of these tips might seem awkward at first because you're not used to them. But trust me, the more you do them, the stronger your voice will become. Public speaking mistake number four. Here's a killer one. We've hear, we're, we're hearing this a lot lately. It's that grovelly voice or that vocal fry. It's a growing issue, especially among young women. It's the effect known as yeah, vocal fry, and it occurs when the flow of air in a person's throat becomes interrupted or blocked, and then it sounds like that gravelly tone at the end. And we also sound like this. We put that tone, and it's grovelly at the end. And it's believed that, especially with women, that it places you in a position of authority to have a deeper resonant voice. The problem is what it's giving you is more of a creaky voice or a grovelly voice, and it can actually affect your vocal cords. It really can. I'm not a medical professional by any means, but I know from you know times when I've given a grovelly voice, even for effect, I've noticed how my voice becomes very tired and very sore very quickly. So you need some help with that. You need a coach to be able to say, vocal fry, you need to fix that. And a good way to do that is to just keep the same tone. And this, again, comes with a lot of practice, a lot of reading out loud, knowing the lowest point of your register and knowing if you're going too low. So mine is right about here. This is the lowest part in my register. If I go lower than this, that's when it gets to be vocal fry and you get that grovelly sound. And we don't want that. It almost can sound animated as well. You don't want it to sound animated because that's then going to speak to your credibility. Might even make you look a little bit silly. Certainly sound a little bit silly. Killer speaking mistake number five, trailing off at the end of sentences. That when you, that's when you speak and you keep speaking. And then when you get to the end of the sentence, it trails off like this. Maybe even into vocal fry, which you don't want that. It's a common speech pattern in our culture. We get to the end of a sentence and all of a sudden we think we're done. We're out of breath or whatever. And we just, just let it go. Just cut it off. Let it go. Just quiet it down. It can sound like, especially to an audience that is watching you or listening to you. If you're on the stage, it can sound like maybe your sentence isn't finished. So you want to keep that same voice tone, that same support all the way through right to the end. You want to keep that same tone all the way through, all the way through. You don't want it to drop off at all. You definitely don't want it to go into vocal fry, but you don't want to go from here's my tone and here's my volume to here's where it's going to be now. It's going to be quiet unless you're doing it for effect. And again, most people, when they do it, they're not doing it for effect. They're doing it because it's, it's a habit. And it's a habit you want to break so you aren't falling into that common mistake because part of your message is then getting lost and the audience might wonder, did I miss something? You never want your audience to be able to say, oh, yes, um, I think you did miss something. Okay. Number six, up talk or putting the inflection at the end of each sentence. So it sounds like a question. This can be effective if that's what your intention is. If you're giving a series of if you're giving a series of comments or power statements 
and you're inflecting up for a reason. Did I turn off the dryer? Did I really pay that much that last month? Were my bills that high? That's different. That's doing it for effect. But when you're doing it all the time, inflecting up like that, it can be very deceiving to the audience because they think you're asking questions. They might even start searching for answers. And because of that, your overall message might get lost, might get lost in translation. So make sure as you're practicing that you're not inflecting up because it's not a question. It's a statement. If it is a question, then it's in, then it's okay to inflect up by all means. It's okay to inflect up. If it's a question, if you ask the audience, has this ever happened to you? It's okay to inflect up. But if it's not a question and it should be a statement, make sure that statement is made with power, with conviction, and it doesn't inflect up because that will distract from what your message really is. And it can, by the way, speak to your credibility as a speaker if you're constantly inflecting up, seeming like you're always asking questions, maybe you're not sure. That's how the audience might perceive your message as well. And number seven, killer speaking mistake number seven, speaking in a monotone voice, a very level voice like this, a very, very level voice. It doesn't change at all. It sounds like this the entire time. I, you know, I'm so used to speaking with inflection that to even speak monotone anymore, it's, it's almost impossible, but it's a, it's an audience turnoff. It's the sign of a very boring or unprepared presenter. And that's why vocal coaches say one of the worst speaking mistakes is to use a dull, monotone, boring voice. We want to hear the enthusiasm in in your voice. We want to hear the positive assertiveness. We want to hear you refer to your professionalism and how good you are at what you do, whatever that is. We won't hear that If you're speaking in a monotone voice, you won't get the passion across. If you're speaking in a monotone voice, you need to be able to, and again, this comes from practice, but you need to be able to have that power, have that conviction, have that assertiveness in your voice. And by the way, all the other things, they don't, they won't come naturally like the body movement and the gestures, but they will come more naturally if you have it in your voice as well. Okay, so ditch the monotone voice. And by the way, I've said this a couple of times already on this podcast. Good way to fix these problems. Read out loud every single day. You read out loud every single day for 10 minutes, 10 minutes. And then as you get into the habit of reading out loud for 10 minutes, increase it to 15, then 20, then 30, then an hour. And the more you practice this, the stronger all of these speaking tips will just disappear the more likelihood of them, because there's no way if you're reading out loud or speaking out loud every single day for 10, 15, 20 minutes. And then beyond that, there's no way, there's no way you'll be monotone, especially if you have a coach or mentor who is helping, or even if you are a member of Toastmasters and they're giving you feedback as well, you need to be able to give yourself the practice time you need. Or you will not be able to eliminate your monotone voice. You won't be able to eliminate your uptalk or or your questioning all the time. Your sentences will continue to trail off. You might still be using vocal fry. You might keep speaking quietly. You might keep speaking too quickly. 
And you might keep using those filler words that are just not of any benefit to your presentation. So a coach is going to help you do that. Someone who can be the accountability for you. Maybe it's an accountability partner. If, if coaching is something that you're not able to afford right now, try an accountability partner that you read to out loud every single day. Maybe it's a spouse. Maybe that's your accountability partner. I quite often will read out loud, out loud to my spouse and I'll say, hey, I want to read this to you. And they'll be honest and ask them to be honest. So they're not saying, yeah, that's fine. <laughs> ask them to be honest. Say, I'm really working on this. I need you to give me an honest assessment of what I sound like. Coworkers can also help with that. So seven killer speaking mistakes. And the one big way to eliminate most of these is to practice and get help, whether it's from a speaking coach or mentor, or whether it's from you know, joining a speaking organization like Toastmasters or taking a program, those things are going to help you eliminate these mistakes. If you ever have a question, go to my website, carlspeaks.ca. There's a few new things posted there, actually, including all of the episodes you might have missed uh, with the Speaking of Speaking podcast. Until next time, it's Carl Richards. Get out there and own the platform. Thanks for listening to the Speaking of Speaking podcast. Fired up about something you heard today? Want to learn more? Be sure to visit carlspeaks.ca. And don't forget to follow Carl on Twitter at carlrichard72 or join the Facebook group Speaking of Speaking. 